Hi, and welcome to the Nick Chapman Alexander Technique Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about that most wonderfully elusive of subjects, a subject that actually doesn't exist, not according to the Oxford Dictionary at least, inhibition. Yeah, that's right, inhibition. Not to be confused with the uh, Freudian use of the word, people almost have a fright sometimes when you mention the word inhibition. Anxiety, fear, Freud and F.M. Alexander were actually born around the same time, give or take around 10 or so years, in the mid-19th century. Now that sounds like a long time ago. What we are concerned with here is actually not listed in the dictionary. Maybe one day it will be. Inhibition in the traditional sense just means a restraint on the direct expression of an instinct. In other words, we stop before we perform a function, whether that's getting up from a chair or perhaps lifting one. It is this meaning that concerns us today, and indeed the very thing that Alexander discovered and made central to his teaching, the restraint of habit or habitual responses. In Alexander Technique, this concept of stopping not only forms the foundation of this unique and fascinating work, but is the very nature of the work itself. It is entirely elusive because both student and practitioner alike suffer a constant challenge to bring inhibition to a level where we can feel it's really in play. When we really think we have it, we blink and it's really gone. John Brown, sadly passed, was the only teacher to ever have completed two training courses at the same time. Let's just say he was really, really good. Asked about his current approach and experience of the technique, he merely said, I could stop more. In other words, it is that thing that we all find so challenging, and yet when we grasp it, even fleetingly, we know we are onto something big, something that not only makes us feel better, but that will surely improve our lives more than any other single thing. So what is it? And there lies the rub. As elusive as it is, describing it is a little bit like describing the color red. It is entirely experiential. You have to experience it firsthand. Nonetheless, I will try my best to shine some light on this most interesting but difficult and challenging of subjects. When we get up in the morning, we immediately start doing stuff, usually without much thought. Getting dressed, drink something, eat something, all in a predictably habitual manner. It might be argued practically in a trance. For many of us, we will also be worrying about one thing or another a meeting, a relationship, a tax bill, and this will be causing stress that will no doubt tighten us up in a muscular way. Muscles start to tense up as soon as we move or worry. Now let's imagine this is us. Just take a moment to pretend that we live in paradise and we are absolutely without problem. Life is dandy. Inhibit, stop, don't do anything. Right now, as you're listening to this, really believe that you can just stop and do absolutely nothing. Inhibition is stopping with an awareness of the physical body. So we stop, but we become, in that most pregnant of pauses, aware, conscious of how we are. Confucius, the famous Chinese philosopher from the Han Dynasty, who lived around 551 BC, famously concerned himself with the here and now. He asked, how should we live? A quite brilliant question if you think about it deeply. This is the question that is thrown up every time we use inhibition, every time we stop. How should we live? We concern ourselves firstly and primarily with the body, using the mind to see how we are. 
This new space in our activity is a boon. Over time, it grows into a fundamental shift in our consciousness. The way we behave, think and feel is refreshed. If we feel we are doing something badly, we use inhibition. We say no. We stop the habitual negative response by saying no. We breathe new life into activities because we stop and think about the how-to rather than forging ahead with no real consideration. What we call end-gaining, where the emphasis is strictly on getting things done. Above all, we must stop and become aware of the body. This we call the psychophysical, bringing harmony and equilibrium to everyday actions. Without a mind and body awareness, we are sleeping. We live in a trance. It is this fundamental shift in our focus out onto the body that makes Alexander Techniques stick out. We do not focus on anything other than the physical. We are deeply rooted in the real. We are pragmatists. We interact with the material world of things. We say no to instincts and habits. We change at the root. We decide consciously the way to proceed. One of my favourite reminders of this is the idea that the definition of madness is to keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Come on, you know you, you are guilty. As are we all. Inhibit, just say no. It has to be said that this new approach is covered in many other schools of thought. Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now talks about living in the moment, as do many philosophical schools. But you will find that the practical application of Alexander Technique is the quickest and easiest way to access this most interesting device for living well. Meditation in all its glorious forms is about being in the moment, expanding consciousness. But you will find that the Alexander Method will enable you to meditate, not the other way around. Finally, I'd just like to say that you can experiment as much as you'd like, and that is a brilliant idea. But for the most of us, we will not realise the unique benefits of inhibition without a good, sound teacher of some years and experience. But if you just have one lesson, ask them to teach that first. Inhibition. Just ask them. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope this has been of value to you and that you will come again. And uh, if you would like further information, please do check the website www.alexandertechnique.tv. That's uh, www.alexandertechnique.tv.